From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 480, for the week of August 9th, 2015. The Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan the perfect Disneyland vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I am your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by my good friends Nancy Johnson, Mary Jo Willie, and Michael Bowling. Coming up on Tuesday, we help Tyler and Brittany plan a Disneyland vacation for them and their infant son. And Michael and guest Doug Lip take a look at another window on Main Street, uh, this one belonging to the founder of the University of Disney, Van France. But right now, it's time for this week's News Roundtable Rapid Fire on this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Hello. Hey Hi. there. Hi there. Ho there. Hey. <laughs> so it is Expo Week. Yay. Yay. The D23 Expo is Woo-hoo! this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And the Diz will be there. You can visit us at booth A107. So if you go in the doors, go all the way to the right and then toward the back. We are near the stage pass um, queue, so you can find us that way. Um, also, you might want to stay and sit in our booth and watch because we are right near the Disneyana booth. So, and I'm, I'm sure they will have lots of lots of fun guests. Um, That's so exciting. We will all be in and out that weekend. Yeah, that we'll all be in and out that weekend. So you never know who you're going to find at the expo booth. And and you know, like I said, like we've said before, uh, a lot of the Orlando team is coming. Um, so you'll get to get to meet them as well. Of course, we're the real stars. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Somebody was telling me that that talking about um, Bill Rogers, who's the, the the voice of Disneyland is doing something where he will, will record a memo on your phone. Oh, like yeah. A, like your, your yeah, answering I saw machine. that. I'm like, well, well, what about me? I could do that. You know, you come, I'll, I'll, I'll record your message. Hi, this is Tom. You've reached Eric's phone. Uh, so, anyway. so, Tom, where's Bill going to be at? I don't <laughs> see how you are. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, let's talk housekeeping. Uh, real quick one. We've t- been talking about the Halloween party or Mickey's Halloween party at Disneyland Park. October 31st, uh, Halloween night is already sold out. So if you are thinking of going to the Halloween party, you definitely want to um, get in early. And like I said, that that one is already gone. Uh I was in the parks briefly this this week and noticed something that I hadn't noticed before. And, of course, this is probably something that has happened months and months and months ago. But the, the pinball machine, the Indiana Jones pinball machine wasn't there. Huh. You know, the, you know, Wait, yeah, in the, yeah. in the, in the out, out, outpost. So. Um, another thing that I checked out, which has been there a couple months, um, is Refreshment Point. Have you guys heard about that? No. So this is this is... Um, Attached to Humphreys on the side by the station wagon. Oh yeah, uh-huh. it's just a little a little uh, kiosk or a little counter at, for to get sodas, and then they have uh, three. I think it's two or three 
uh, Coke freestyle machines built into the built into the side of Humphrey. So, oh wow, that's yeah. Nice. Did you say cool. California yeah, Adventure? Great there, place Tom? to yeah, from California Adventure. Yeah. Okay. Um, what else do I want to talk about? Oh, say, I want to say hello to our friends in Mixler. Um, hi, friends in Mixler. Uh, if you want to listen to us live, you'll go on Mixler at Mixler.com every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Pacific. You can listen to our Disneyland News show live. Um, we probably won't be, that said, we probably won't be broadcasting live next week because we will be beat from the expo. So we will figure out something else for you. Um, I will let you know. Keep watching our Facebook page and we'll, we'll give you an update as to what's happening for next week's news show. I do um, want to give a shout out to the Mixler crowd. Um, they're, they're fun. They're they are fun. funny. So, you know, as we're doing our show, they're making comments or adding to our own comments. So if you want to listen and, and just have fun with the people listen to, listening to the show, join them. Yeah. Right. They're actually a nice little community on there. They all know each yeah. other now and all that. All right, I have one last housekeeping. This is kind of a follow-up to a news story from two weeks ago that wasn't really a news story at all, which is the purchase of two parcels of land on Manchester Avenue, mm -hmm. um, huh. which we, at the Dis Unplugged, already knew that Disney purchased oh oh last year. Yeah, you know, I thought we had talked about it, and I thought we did this, talk about is it. Is this new land? And then I saw no. the map, and I thought no. we talked about this. So what happened is the OC Register, in in their wisdom, posted this three paragraph article that said Disney purchased these two plots of land for forty eight million dollars. The end. I mean, that was the the basically all the article said. But oh my god. There was so much, so many follow-up articles and speculation articles. The and third park. The third park. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh my goodness. I, you know, so I was going to, I was going to write an article for the Diz, but you know, I didn't want to add fuel to the fire. Um, folks, this, this plot of land is right behind the Good Neighbor Hotels across on Harbor Boulevard. The northern, no, yes, the northernmost portion of that land is parallel with the carousel in that Disney jet per, just purchased. Um, and then it goes south to Disney Way, I think. So this is where 90% likely that a parking structure is going to go and they will tear down Carousel Inn, and that will be a walkway to get you to Harbor Boulevard to get to Disneyland Park. Um, and and I think finally Disney confirmed yet this is warehouse space and parking. This is warehouse space and parking. So we will not be seeing Marvel, Star Wars in this little tiny piece of land behind the Good Neighbor Hotels. Please stop speculating. <laughs> I do like and, that one and, article. And, that until, until Saturday. Then you can yeah. speculate all you want. True. What were you going to say, Mary Jo? I do like the one you like article the pictures where the, of it? Yes, where they illustrated all of the the land that Disneyland has purchased in addition. But what oh. that's going to do is mm -hmm. free up the land behind Toontown and 
other right. right. So right. Yeah. yeah. I, they, they, they talked about years ago moving a lot of the backstage off site right. so that they could expand. I mean, they've even talked about moving the ranch right. Um, right. to another location. All right. So I'm, I'm off my soapbox. Um, any the other housekeeping legacy. folks? Well, I have one. You go ahead, Michael. Um, well, you know how I we complained last week how Disneyland does not announce when people win in that diamond. Yes. Thing. Okay. Yes. Full Did di- you win? No. Full disclosure, though. Those of you on <laughs> Podcast Cruise Five when we did the Give Kids a World silent auction, yes, we Carol and I donated a Lasseter Family Winery package that included a wine tasting with us there. Well, okay, we made good. On that today, we, um, Chandra won the, won that prize and she and her friend Stephanie are here, um, in Northern California and they're heading down to the D23 Expo. So we met for lunch at the Fig Cafe in Gray, in Glen Ellen. Highly recommend that restaurant. And then we had our own private wine tasting, just the four of us at Lasseter Family Winery. It was excellent. It was, it was really great. It was a beautiful day. Very nice. That. So, so you know that the Diz, we do, we do, we, you know, give, we, give, we pri- give away our yeah. prizes. <laughs> oh, don't say that because I owe people prizes. <sighs> okay. Um, sorry, Lori. Uh, any other housekeeping? No, really? Okay. No. Uh, no? Oh, no. Nancy's thinking. All right, time for the news. Uh, no, I think I'm good. Okay, good. All right, uh, let's start. Let's start with your news story, Michael. Do you have that ready? Yeah. Uh, okay. This actually was last week. A, a person okay. that we are familiar with but may not realize it passed away, and that is John Colhane. He was a Disney animation historian, and he was actually the inspiration for a couple of Disney characters that we have seen. Uh, he. Came when he was 17 years old. He and three friends came out west from Rockford, Illinois, and it was it was for the reason so many people came out. Someone had a friend who had a friend who had a friend who had a friend who knew somebody big, really big in Hollywood. Well, in this case, it was the friend of a friend was Diane Disney, and she was Ooh. the daughter, of course, of Colhane's idol Walt Disney, and this connection worked. So on one su- August Sunday for six hours, John Culhane walked around the Disney estate with Walt himself, who advised him to, because John Culhane wanted to be a writer, and he was asking Walt Disney for advice, and Walt advised him to work for your hometown newspaper, write for your neighbors, just keep widening your circle, and Culhane did that. And he, he continued to, to write, he became very well known. He wrote um, histories of animation on Disney cartoons, the special effects, and all of that. He always wanted to write a Disney biography, and he told Walt that. But what he started to do was, he, as he wrote all of these um, stories and about the animation, he would hang around a lot on the studio lot and he, and all the animators got to know him. And so he, uh, they, they caricatured him. Um, if you've seen the rescuers, you might, you will know John Culhane because he was the inspiration for Mr. Snoops, who was sort of the, the, the henchman of the evil Madame Medusa. And if you've seen Fantasia 2000, he was flying John 
in that film. And you might remember in that segment, it was his, his wife was sort of very bossy and she was pampering her little dog, Fufu. And he just wants, Flying John just wants to have fun. And so as he's walking along following his wife as she does the shopping, he's finding all these really exciting and inventive things to do. And she just keeps, um, she just keeps giving him orders and all that. And, and there is sort of a happy ending. Um, as they're walking by a construction yard, Margaret scooped up by the hook and John, um, walks into a jazz club and joins a chorus line of dancing girls. So, um, so anyway, so he, uh, he passed away and, uh, so anyway, so that's a, a Disney, you know, someone in, in the Disney family. And so get out those movies from your collection and, <laughs> you know, celebrate John Culhane's life. There you go. All right. Let's continue with the news. This week, the uh, Disney company posted their third quarter earnings. Uh, the run up to Disney's 60th anniversary was a boon for Anaheim's two theme parks, during the third fiscal quarter, posting the highest attendance and profit in any corner, quarter in Disneyland's resort's history. Officials at the Walt Disney Company on Tuesday during a conference call with shareholders, or anybody else who wanted to listen, uh, said the excitement of the original theme park's diamond celebration mixed in with the debut of three new shows led to the influx in attendance and spending. No question that people responded well, said Tom Staggs, chief operating officer at Disney. There's a lot of attachment to Disneyland, and that has led to the best quarter ever for D the Disneyland Resort in terms of attendance and profitability, unquote. Um, Christine McCarthy, Disney's new chief financial officer, who we speculated wouldn't be on the call, that Jay Rusula would be on the call, uh, said attendance at the Disney Resort and Walt Disney World Resort in Florida is up 4% compared with last year's third quarter and that per capita spending increased by 2% because of guest spending on food, beverage, and merchandise. Lots of merchandise. She didn't say that part. Um, helping drive <laughs> attendance and spending in the quarter that ended June 27th. Stag said, were new editions of Disneyland's fireworks display, World of Color, Paint the Night. Um, the record attendance at the Disneyland Resort and Disney, Walt Disney World carried the Parks and Resorts Division, which also includes the Cruise Line, DVC, International Parks, etc., to its highest quarter in revenue and operating income, said Stags. In the third fiscal quarter, the division's operating income grew by 9%, to 922 million and revenue rose 4% to 4.1 billion dollars despite lower attendance figures at Hong Kong Disneyland and pre-opening expenses whoa lots of pre-opening expenses for Shanghai Disneyland uh Disney's latest earning report showed a company-wide 11% year-over-year increase of profit to 2.5 billion so Good news for Disney stockholders. I got my 30 cent check in the mail. <laughs> uh, I own one share. It's on the wall. Uh, all right. So last bit of news following up on our rumor that we talked about last week. And finally, officially on Tuesday, Disney released their Disneyland app. For iPhone and Android, I believe. So it's on the Google Play Store and on the iTunes Store. 
Uh, so it's a brand new app that you can do lots of things with, but not everything that you want to do with. Um, I did ch- play with it a little bit in the park when it was there on Wednesday. Um, some cool things it can do that not necessarily cool. Um, you can order tickets. You can order tickets through it, um, and then have the barcode on your on your phone. You can attach your annual pass to it as long as you don't have the premier, premier pass. pass. Yeah, I yeah. I knew that you didn't even have yeah. to say it. Uh, and <laughs> so you can instead of having to pull out your annual pass, you can just go on that app on the phone, wait for it to load, wait for it to load, wait for it to load, and then you can have <laughs> them scan the barcode at the at the at the gates. Uh, I think the the best time. Uh, the best thing about the app is, of course, the wait times, um, and they they seem to match what was in the park, uh, which was good, I guess. Um, so the, the wait times were accurate as far as what was on the signage in the park. Um, one thing that I, I asked on on Facebook yeah, about the app, if anybody has used it yet, um, Amanda says she loves how it's easy to navigate. Seeing the ride times on the map make it really easy, which, and it's really cool because you see the map of, of the park and the ride times, you see 5, 15, 20, 90, 75 all over the park. So you can kind of see. Um, one thing that she would like to see on the app that isn't on the app is fast pass times. Oh, that's Which a good would kind of be cool is if, if they had fast pass times. Yeah. Um, if you want to make if you want to look at dining, you can look at dining on there. You can learn about the restaurants. But if you click on it to uh, make a reservation, it clicks you over to Safari. So you don't you go to the to the web browser rather than uh. the app to make a dining reservation. So that's kind of eh. I, I'm hoping that they kind of will eventually be able to integrate that. Um, yeah, and and the the I I joke about the app loading, but the problem I, well, not problem, but the situation I had is I got to the park early afternoon. There was no line. So it would have been quicker for me to pull out my annual pass and scan it rather than wait for the app to load because there was no, you know, if there was a line I was waiting in, I could have the app be working on the app while I get and wait in the line, but I went straight to the turnstile. And I should have just pulled out my annual pass and, and scanned it. Um, they are still working out kinks. They are monitoring Twitter like crazy. If you post anything about the app on Twitter, they will respond. They, you know, say that saying that they were forwarding it to the proper authorities to to look into. Um, so definitely, when you're in the parks, check out the app, uh, and and have some fun with it. And I love that. We now have an official place to go for wait times because that makes it a lot easier to, to move around the park when you want to, when you're on a wide space mountain. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, like you said, oh, and I did not try to, to add more than one person to, to the, to it yet. So we'll see how that plays out because you were supposed to be able to add all of your family on there. So. I know some people were having a little bit of issues with that. So, all right. So that is news. Um, time for rapid fire, and I'm going to go first. And this is going to be very rapid. Speaking of apps, the Anaheim Resort Transportation Bus now has their very own app, which is kind of cool. Um, so, if you write art in Anaheim, download the Art app. I will try to 
get a link in the show notes so it's because it's not not that all that easy to find but the great thing about the app is you can order tickets on the app and like the Disney app you can use that the barcode on your phone on the bus so you don't have to worry about paper tickets for your art art transportation um and that's the one of the things I've always talked about is to make sure you have your tickets or know where you're going to buy your tickets for the art. So now you have a way to buy tickets without having to worry about having $3 cash or, or pre-purchase your one day ticket. Um, also on the, on the app will be route, route maps. So you'll know, you know, if you need to go somewhere else, you want to go to Dotsbury Farm or want to go to the mall or something like that, you'll be able to look up the routes on the app and find out find out which which bus you need to take so that just came out this week so download it if you're going to be at the disneyland resort and you're going to use art all right uh mary joe at the d23 expo 2015 um they're going to have a lot of in addition to the diz booth being there they're going to have a dreams booth over there and there's going to be 170 new items at the disney dream store at the expo so um, some of the items that they're going to be having are going to be framed arm sculpt art and sculptures, limited edition glissés, deluxe prints by various artists. Um, and one of them, which we've been really excited about, is these new name um, plaques by Dave Avancino. If you haven't seen his name plaques that are on Facebook, what it is is the old ticket book. And what he's done is he has the Welcome to Disneyland entrance ticket and then your name spelled out in the subsequent tickets beyond, beyond that. So we're there's a bunch of us who are really looking forward to them. This is going to be um, debuted at the Disney Expo. And I chatted with him and he told me that he's going to have some other items, some of his prints and original art that he's going to have there. But... This will be debuting there. In addition to Dave's work, there's going to be work, um, artwork from Steve Adams, Jasmine Beckett Griffith, Eric Hassat, David Bird, Laurelay Beauvais. There's, a, there's more than I want to, um, mention, but I will say that Noah Robert Osolsky, Mike Peraza will also be there as well as others. And in addition to the artwork, there's going to be, um, book signings. We have some books by Melissa De La Cruz, Eric Goldberg, Ridley Peterson, Disney legend Dave Smith, as well as Disney legend and Imagineering ambassador Marty Sklar. And he, he will be there with his newest book called One Little Spark, Mickey's Ten Commandments and the Road to Imagineering. And they'll be there to autograph their books also. And I do believe that Russell Flores will be there with his newest mm-hmm. book. He will. And He'll so both that, of them. and, I say that again. He'll have Ta- both Michael? his books, his, his first one and his second. Okay. Well, I already, I have his first book our autograph, so I'm, I'm looking forward to getting his second book from him autographed also. And he's a very nice person as well as our friend Dave. So, um, look for the two of them and all these other artists that will be there. Dave will be there from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. And the other artists and, um, authors will also be at that booth as well as some of the other booths, I believe. All right. I think you have that backwards. It's 9 a.m. to 7 p.m., but that's close that's, enough. That's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right. Thanks, Mary Jo. <laughs> Michael. 
Well, you know, San Diego has its Comic-Con, and Anaheim has its D23 Expo. San Quentin has its X-Cons. And, <laughs> and now Northern California has MouseCon. And this is the very first annual Disneyana fan club convention. And it may be the last, but... (laughs) Well, if those ex-cons show up. Yes. So this is in Concord, California at the Concord Hilton. It is November 15th, 2015. That's a Sunday. It's 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Admission is very reasonable. Only $10 and children under 7 are free. So right now, there's still developing this so things are going to be changing but right now they have some really interesting special guests floyd norman who is a disney legend is going to be there he is a disney animator he's worked on some of your favorites like sleeping beauty sword and stone and the jungle book he was the first african-american animator um you know at disney and in the field he also uh, at age he's 78 years old and he still does work for disney as a freelance consultant Bill Morrison will be there. He currently now works on The Simpsons, but in the 80s, he was the lead artist of the Disney movie posters. So he did The Little Mermaid, Oliver and Company, Rescuers Down Under, and also the re-releases, because us old-timers like Mary Jo and Nancy remember that Mm -hmm. the films were re-released every seven years to theaters, so they would do new posters when they came out. So he did the re-release posters for Peter Pan and Alice in Wonderland. And if you go to the Disney Gallery, he does the artwork that's um, under the Acme Company name. And, of course, we all know Margaret Carey. It would not be a Disney event without Margaret Carey there. Um, she, of course, was one of the, the models for um, our beloved Tinkerbell. So they're going to have panels and talks there, demonstrations, um, live Q&As. They're going to have a Disney mini museum with some rare and cool Disney collectibles from one of the biggest um, private collectors in um northern california they are not able to say who it is at the moment there there's going to be an exhibitor and dealer room so that all of you can add to your collections they they have a rule that there has to all exhibitors have to have a minimum of 50 percent classic disney disneyland and disneyana and they're going to have more to come they, they're just in the planning stages for this so if you want to find out about this uh, you can go on facebook it's mouse dash con all one word or you can just go on to their website which is basically mouse dash con dot com which is so easy to say yeah i know <laughs> but right. it's a lot of fun i'm 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 tempted to go to i'm this. tempted for 10 bucks i'm tempted to go up there yeah really so and they they have a phone number also that you can call for information it's on their website Awesome. Thank you, there's, Michael. There's, it also on the side, it says that there's a Bakersfield Comic-Con on November 22nd, 2015. That, yeah. Ooh, Comic-Con. Yay, that's Bakersfield. Comic-Con. No, that's not, that's not yeah. MouseCon. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, Nancy, what do you got for us? Okay. So, um, since we were talking about, you know, Mickey's Halloween party, mm-hmm. and we, you know... <laughs> You don't have a rapid fire. Okay. Actually, I do. I, I'm trying to, I'm just trying to figure it in and I just lost my link on my <laughs> iPad. Um, <laughs> you were stalling. Okay. 
So I was stalling. Um, some people find Mickey's Halloween party a little too tame. Oh, yeah, that. So Not me, but yeah. Okay. And yeah, not me. Not me either. But some people who might want something a little wilder might want to go to Nancy's to house. head up mm-hmm. on yeah. September 18th. I mean, is it September 18th? Um, yes. September 18th starts the first of the Halloween Horror Nights at Universal. Okay, good. We have dates now. Yes, we have dates. And um, it runs from the 18th to the... Dun, 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 dun. They didn't give an end date. 31st? I can't find the end date. In, end of October. Um, end of October. In, the end of October. You know, it runs through Halloween. Yeah. And probably that whole weekend of Halloween. So, anyway. Um, Halloween Horror Nights at... at Disney, at Universal Studios, not Disney, the Universal Studios Hollywood is a little bit different than Universal Studios Orlando. I mean, the two have some similar things in common, some similar themes in common, but the big thing is that we get some stuff that they don't. And, um, you know, we have little things like, oh, say, Guillermo del Toro, um, promoting his new movie, The Crimson Peak, which comes out sometime in October-ish or something like that. Um, he's bringing his his version of terror, so to speak. Um, it's sort of a gothic romance movie. Um, they're going to be doing a maze based on Crimson Peak. There's another maze based on Insidious. We've heard that. I think there was one last um, that'll be. Too, right? That'll be, yeah, that'll be at both. Um, Walking Dead is coming back again this year, but they're saying this year's is going to be literally the biggest, longest, and most grotesque. Nice. Of all of the, um, of all of the walking, of all of the mazes they've ever done at Universal Studio for, um, Hollywood. So, um, it's going to have more walkers than you can ever, ever imagine. And apparently the casting calls were quite huge for this. <laughs> so, um, so that's pretty exciting. And then another one that, another thing they're going to have that Universal Studios Orlando doesn't have is they are going to have a special, you know, cause they like to do, um, like musical performances, like everybody's familiar with the Beetlejuice review and stuff like that. Um, they're going to be bringing a dance, uh, crew called the Jabberwockies. They were oh, actually right. the first, they were actually the first dance crew to win, um, America's, be- um, top dance crew, America's best dance crew, um, that, that reality, you know, competition mm-hmm. format. Um, they uh, are currently starring in a show, I believe, at the Luxor in Vegas. These guys are known for the fact that um, their costumes have, like, blank white face masks. So, because they want want it to, you know, it, they don't want to be based on the individual right. performer. They want the group to shine as a whole. Um, and they said that their really inventive style makes them absolutely perfect for you know, Halloween Horror Do nights. you know where they'll be performing at? Uh, they, it did not say, let me, I'm trying to get back there. Yes, it, um, I don't know what venue they would. Actually, I, I might know in a second. Okay. Michael, did you, um, do you want to go back to Halloween Horror Nights? Um, I think it would be fun. Yeah. Okay. I'm just curious. I know cause Michael and I got to experience it for the first time last year. So, mm-hmm. 
Let's see. Um, I, and it was, it was. Uh, there's actually a, a podcast out there with with our comparisons of Mickey's Halloween to to uh, Halloween Horror Nights. And if you don't, I, I I I'm of the opinion that if you don't take it too seriously, you can have a good time. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it goes through November first. Yeah. By the way, that I was, sounds about. It right. goes through November first. Um. Let's anyway. see. We have and, we have lots of time. Uh, yeah, okay, so anyway, cool. um, supposedly prices are out there. Okay. They are not up on HalloweenHorrorNights.com because all they have is like a little teaser video. Right. Well, um, um, Scare LA was this weekend, so a lot more information came out about some, yes. of the, some of the stuff going around the Southern California area. So we'll, we'll. Yeah, I was trying to get on, I was trying to find the Scare LA website, yeah. which I didn't get to in time when you called on me. So <laughs> you were the but last anyway. one. I had no choice. All right, we have a little bit of time. I'm going to ask a, share a couple questions from Facebook that hopefully you will have an answer to. Um, I don't know. M- Michael might be able to answer this. Otherwise, you're, this guy's out of luck. This is Paul. Can anyone recommend a nice, reasonable hotel in San Francisco? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> there, there weren't any this past weekend. Yeah. Um, I, I've heard people say that it, on Lombard Street, there's mm-hmm. a couple of really cute ones. Like, I think the, um, the Marina, I think hotel is supposed to be very nice. And, um, uh, also that I think there's a holiday Inn. I think it's a holiday Inn down at Fisherman's Wharf. Um, people really like, and it, it's not outrageously priced. Any areas? I've been to that one. I think parking's like $40 at that particular one. Okay. Any areas they should stick to, Michael? It sort of depends where they want to go. Okay. Um, you know, but, you know, uh, and a lot of people, though, they stay, uh, you know, they'll stay right across the bridge right, and take BART or something mm-hmm. in right. because it's much more reasonable right. there. Or they stay down towards the airport and if they have a rental car and then they drive in to okay. wherever they want to go. Very cool. I stayed at the Holiday Inn that's on, I believe it's California Street. It's at the end of the cable car, of one of the cable car lines. That might and be it's the on, one I was mentioning, the Fisherman's Wharf one. No, not not Fisherman's Wharf. There's two of them. Though. This one's in the city. And it's... Yeah, Fisherman's Wharf's in the city, too. <laughs> okay, but this isn't... This is... Not the, I've stayed at the one at Fisherman's Wharf, and I've also stayed at this one, because it was where... It's, all, it's where 101 is. On that main street, where you know how 101 goes through the city, and it's on a street in San Francisco. Yeah, you know we probably know it by the name of the street and not by the freeway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, but that one I found to be more reasonable than the one that's down by Fisherman's Wharf. Okay, very cool. All right, other question that Paul has. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe Nancy might know this. Do we know what the current characters are that? Um, is that the Chase Visa meet and greet? Does anybody? I know um, Minnie. Minnie's most common. I've seen okay. Pluto there as well. Okay, and is it back in Hollywoodland or is it still a Blue Sky Cellar? Last Same. time I saw it, it was a Blue Sky Cellar. Okay. All right. So. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a Chase. Okay, Visa. cool. Uh, I'm sorry. Yes, and there really is a hotel called the Candy Cane, uh, Jody. Yeah. Candy Canyon, yes. And they, and they really... Ha- They're talking hotels and, in the village. Or in the oh. Chat. And they really have candy canes. Yes, they give you out candy, candy canes. Candy canes. People are mentioning some on, on in the Chatterati, a couple of 
hotels. I'm very familiar with the uh, the um, Seal Rock Inn. You have to check. They sometimes they do. It, first of all, it's near nothing except it is <laughs> out near. You're you're. It's right on the ocean, so you're near the Cliff House. So if you want to get anywhere in the city, you're you're going for a long haul, and. It's also, um, they sometimes have a minimum number of days you have to stay there, but it is very nice. It's an older hotel, but I grew up right near there, so I'm really familiar with it. And the, um, I'm very familiar also with the Laurel Village Inn. Again, it's in no, it's near nothing you'd want to go see unless you want to see the beautiful <laughs> Jewish Community Center. Um, but it is right on the California Street, you know, bus line. So, it, it, you know, you can go to a lot of places, but it, it's not in a tourist area. All right. Good to know. Very mm-hmm. cool. Thank you, Michael. That is going to do it for this segment of the Design Plug. Be sure to catch all of our other Disneyland shows this week. And, of course, we will be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening. <laughs>